What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman Podcast. I'm Toshiba Oliver, and Leah Ross is my co-host. Listen, living as an urban Christian woman is a great gift and an amazing mission, which is why we need to be equipped for the everyday life. So whether you're hanging with the kiddos, washing dishes, checking emails, at the gym, or maybe even on your train commute, keep listening because God's word has the truth for your everyday life. Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman. Colossians chapter 1 verse 24 through Colossians 2 verse 5. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, that is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts might be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Welcome back, ladies, to the Urban Christian Women podcast. I am one of your hosts, Leah Ross. And I am another host, um, Toshiba Oliver. What's up, ladies? It's good to be here again on this glorious Thursday. I don't know if it's warm where you are or if it's cold where you are, but listen, the word of God. It's very cold. (laughs) (laughs) It is very cold. But here's the deal. The word of God is dwelling richly in our hearts. And that's what we're asking the Lord to do today. And because of that, because it dwells richly, we can know that even though it's cold or warm, that God is still worthy to be praised. Okay. Yes. Yes. Cold or warm, the light of Christ is is lit in our lives. Come on now. Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire. Yes. (laughs) So good. So, yeah, we are really excited because we're still going um, deep into Colossians, Mm -hmm. ending um, the first chapter and going into the second chapter. And so, um, Toshiba, will you give us a recap of kind of where we've been so far in this series in Colossians? Yeah, so while we've been looking in the, the book of Colossians in the first chapter, we see this letter that Paul has written to the Church of Colossae so that they would be encouraged in the faith and how to live faithfully in their everyday lives amongst a culture 
who is actually um, not knowing or um, denies the Christ himself. And so Paul actually, um, in a progressive way, actually calls the church of Colossae um, to be filled with the spiritual wisdom and knowledge of Christ. Then he exhorts them towards who, who Christ actually is. And then, um, and then today we are going to be focusing on um, Colossians chapter 1 and 24, which is the last part of the chapter going into chapter 2. And so as we've gone through this, the previous podcast, if you didn't listen to the previous podcast on Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 through 23 around the supremacy or the preeminence of Christ, um, here is a recap that Christ is the firstborn of all creation. He's the firstborn from the dead. He's the creator of all things and through and from everything is created. And so all things can be reconciled through his son, Jesus, through his death on the cross. For without Christ, we are alienated from him. We are out of our minds. We're doing all sorts of kind of crazy, as Leah Ross would say. <laughs> doing all sorts of crazy, okay? And, and Christ is the only one. He is the only one. He is the only hope. He is the only security that we have that will keep us not only secure, but will keep us assured and reassured of, of this as we continue mm-hmm. in the faith. And so Paul is now um, uh, writing in these last verses going into the second chapter of how he has become a minister and how he is dedicating his life to this daily. And so that's where yes. we are. I've stepped yeah. all the way up. So yes, up to speed. That's lovely. That's perfect. Yes. Yeah. And Paul's Paul's missional assignment being that making the gospel mm-hmm. fully known while suffering, so that others may know the riches of the mystery, which is Christ, the hope yes. of glory. And so Paul's yeah. Paul's life is reflecting of this, and he actually sort of says, which is what Leah and I are going to be talking about, why he does what he does today. Yeah. So, so yeah. Leah, what is our key takeaway that we're going to walk away from this as urban Christian women? What, what, what should yeah, we be so, zeroing in on? Yes. The, the series so far has been talking about, we've been talking about living faithfully as urban Christian women. And so today we are really buckling down with Living faithfully as an urban Christian woman is a commitment to proclaim Christ in the everyday life. So mm. in, in the day-to-day life that we live, not the mm-hmm. one that we desire, not the one that we're waiting for, but our lives today, how are we living faithfully as urban Christian women? It is a, this commitment to proclaim Christ in the everyday life. And, so, and yeah. this, is, this is exactly what we're, yeah, what we see Paul basically putting on display in this passage. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to unpack it more. Yeah. And Leah, it's interesting that you say that because I think for us as urban Christian women, we have a lot going on. You know, if you are yeah. a college student, you have your academia, you may have some clubs, sorority organizations, or even just um, relationships um, that you have uh, committed to, um, and hopefully you're being on mission by being evangelistic. And so mm-hmm. you have all these things going on, and I think it can be sort of difficult to say, well, what does it look like to proclaim Christ? Like, am I out here like a door-to-door 
um, evangelistic, like cold, cold, not cold calling, but like cold sharing? Or am I in this space, even maybe as a mom, um, a, a woman who works in the home or even outside the home, if you're working in the home, like how, how am I proclaiming Christ and I'm picking up goldfish or mm-hmm. <laughs> um, making a meal or, you know what I'm saying, cleaning my house or, you know what I'm saying? Like, how am I proclaiming Christ if I'm in the marketplace working a nine to five and then having to pick up my kids from school and then having to go to a small group or Bible study? Like, how am I, how does this play out in our everyday life? And I think that that's something that we really desire that we unpack and that we take away that it is a commitment to proclaim Christ. And if yeah. we are not, if we are not seeking to proclaim Christ, then we are actually not living out the mission that God mm-hmm. has called us to steward. Mm-hmm. And so we're yeah. going to see that as we go through the framework. So explain to us some of the, tell us about the framework and how we're going to work through this passage, uh, Leah. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think you're you're right on point because. Um, as we see with Paul, we call into our own lives that there are these avenues and ways that we can continue to proclaim Christ in the everyday life. And so Paul, his missional work and his ministry that God gave him to steward mm-hmm. it really is, is, is three elements, this joining and rejoicing in the suffering, making the word of God fully known, and encouraging the church so that no one is misled from the church. So Paul it takes the time in this passage to explain this missional work, to explain this ministry, and ultimately in the passage we're looking at why Paul does what he does. Mm. So, you know, we're not going to say it in some, you know, fancy way, some, you know, alliteration, we were, if you will. But right, because, you know, we were trying to, trying to be these sister preachers where we I know. were trying to get the three R's, we were trying to get the three P's, you know. We're but not it's doing like, that. at the end of the day, it's just, why Paul does what he does? That's it. It's let's the text. make it plain. It's the text. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So I'm, I'm, and I'm glad for it. I'm glad for the clarity of God's word. I'm glad for just the, the ability to, yeah, proclaim and talk about this clearly. Um, and so, so yeah, so we're going to be looking at the joining and rejoicing that Paul does. His ministry includes suffering. It, mm-hmm. it inevitably includes suffering. If we look at verses 23 and 24 of um, Colossians 1, we see that he's saying this um, very clearly. He says in um, verses 24, excuse me, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction. And then it goes on to say, for the sake of his body, that is the church. So this ministry that Paul has, inevitably includes suffering. And so let's talk about what, I mean, what kind of suffering does, does Paul's ministry include and then why is he suffering? And Toshiba, you and I were talking about how, like, even the way that it's phrased, that Paul phrases this, um, filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions can kind of be like, well, wait a minute, like, lacking in Christ? Like, those two things don't go together. What is he mm-hmm. actually talking about when he says filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Yes. So when we look at the whole text of Scripture, we can see that when, what Jesus actually came to do was to accomplish his Father's will and to finish it through the, the death, burial, resurrection, crucifixion of him dying on the cross for all mankind to be reconciled to him. 
And so Christ actually completed God's missional assignment. That's the way that I like to say it. Christ had a mm-hmm. missional assignment. He completed the missional assignment that his father uh, sent him to do, and he is now seated at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. Why is he at the right hand, and why is he seated? Because his work was finished so that Mm -hmm. one day he will come back and proclaim the church. This is why it's talking about for the sake of the church. So the church which if we're looking back in um, the previous verses um, that are right above at verse uh, 17 and 18, it says, and he is before all things, and in him all things are held together or hold together, that being Christ. And he, Christ, is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning. So God, Christ himself, is now connecting himself to the church. And because his work is finished and we are held together by him, he has now placed the church as an extension of Mm -hmm. his now missional assignment because he has ascended. So that Mm -hmm. when he comes back again in what scripture says, he is coming back to finish the final work and redeem and reconcile his his body and his people back to himself. So, the so what church, you're saying is it's not like something is lacking in Christ. What you're saying is, is Christ actually has commissioned a work to be completed in the church. That's right. That's right. This is not a heretical text. Paul was not like being heretical when he was saying this. He was actually making known that very thing, that the yeah. church is now the the means by which Christ mm-hmm. is proclaimed, Christ is seen, Christ is mm-hmm. seen, okay, because God sent his son, Christ was seen, Christ is now seated, and now the body is the means by which Christ is proclaimed and God is proclaimed, and, the, and mm-hmm. people are to be reconciled, yes. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. it in a, in a nutshell. Like, it's not heretical. It's this space of where we're seeing that, that Paul is actually exhorting the church towards, towards the fact that you have ownership in this, and you have ownership because you are joined to Christ, and because you're joined to Christ, you are now joined with the mission of yeah. Christ. Yeah, yeah. And the mission, Paul says, includes this element of suffering. So, you know, Paul's, Paul's ministry included, included suffering, and the mission of being commissioned as Christ's church also includes this element of suffering. And suffering to us, it can, can seem like this huge sort of elaborate, like the persecuted church, this underground situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but suffering, if you break it down, it's really just like hardship, where Definitely. any, any um, element of hardship in our lives, whether great or small, when done sort of in this line of our, when we're on mission, is being joined in Christ's suffering. And we see even that phrase, like, sort of coming up, I think it's in Philippians, um, mm-hmm. that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think also it's mentioned in Romans as well um, mm-hmm. of just like being joined with Christ in his suffering. And mm-hmm. so for us, what that um, 
you know, I think what that should make clear is that when we are suffering, you know, in ministry or in our lanes of like um, just being on mission in our lives, it's not that we, if we experience suffering, if suffering touches us, it's not that we're doing something wrong. I think that's, that's, right. that's really where I want to land. And mm-hmm. we are, sometimes will think like if hardships come in our lives, like let that, let's really reflect on like, is that, is that how we process and think like when hardships come into our lives, do you think, oh shoot, what have I done wrong? Where do I need to course correct? Like this is sort of my punishment for going off path in X, Y, and Z. Um, right. And yes, like the Lord corrects us through difficulties and through things sort of his hand is very careful in that, but not um, not to be mistaken for the fact that like if suffering actually comes into our lives, it's not inevitably meaning it's because I've done something wrong. That's it's right. because Christ has said you are joined with me in mm-hmm. suffering. That's right. Um, and I think, and I, yeah, and I think that that is one of the most, uh, misnomers <laughs> of the Christian faith that if we're suffering, then we're doing something wrong. But yeah. actually, you know, and I'm not saying be a suffering chaser. You don't have to chase suffering. Suffering, it hardship will come to you. Because <laughs> the world is broken. Because the, the world is broken. And on top of that, that's why it also says count it all yeah. joy when you encounter trials, mm-hmm. okay, knowing that the testing of your faith is producing this endurance. It's, it's literally pointing you to the fact that your suffering is directly connected to hardship of trials. And so yeah. I think if you're not experiencing trials, number one, or if you're not experiencing uh, some hardship, you're not wrestling with some hardship. And and I want to sort of like bring this down to every day. You know me, uh, Leah. I love bringing stuff down yes. to the every day. And for me, um, I I am I have grown into a talent of dom- domesticity as a part time in the home mom. Okay, that is not my bent. Okay. Nor has it mm-hmm. been my bent where I'm like on the ground finding this great joy and happiness. I have sisters in the faith who love playing and being like having fun with their kids and creating these like extravagant stories and all this fun type of play. That's not me. So my <laughs> my first world context of hardship today is bringing my daughter into the kitchen and having Mm -hmm. her come alongside me and cut up peppers so that she can help put them in the pot and we're having meaningful time that way. Or me humbling myself and coming down to her level to slow down enough, okay, with the other rhythms or the things going on in my day to be fully present with her in my mission field, which is her between my two feet, okay? Yeah, so yeah. that is a form of me joining with Christ. And I think mm-hmm. what we we want to make these because we um we do hear about the persecuted church, we we can sort of say, well, listen, like I mean, like I'm not really suffering, but anything that you are wrestling with and that you are not yielded to is a place yeah. where God is calling you to join with him in suffering, yeah. okay? Yeah. If it is as simple as bridling your tongue, you are suffering, 
right. not having right. self-control. That's a hardship right. for you. Right, right, And that's right. worthy. I think that that's, yeah. that is worthy, and it's pointing to not only Christ's suffering, but it's pointing to exactly what our theme is, a commitment mm-hmm. to proclaim Christ in your everyday life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I kind of want to uh, jump onto that and add as well, I hope And I kind of believe that some of our listeners are in some realm of ministry, whether that's leading a Bible study on your college campus or maybe you're a pastor's wife or maybe you're um, Mm -hmm. in some other type of nonprofit situation with ministry. I just really want to encourage you as well that, like, suffering in ministry is – is also there's this temptation to feel like you're failing or you're not doing it right. Um, Yes. I know that I walk in that path as well, where if ministry is hard – that does not mean that I'm not doing it right. Right. If ministry is hard and I'm sort of suffering in that way of like, man, I, you know, um, I feel like I'm, you know, missing, you know, an increasing number of folks in my Bible study or, or this discipleship with this specific person, like, yeah, totally off track. And it's, it's yes. completely, she's gone MIA. Like those are things that might make you feel like you're not doing it right. But in mm-hmm. fact, I want to encourage us to turn our hearts to the fact that, Christ, as he suffered, as his ministry was difficult, and he actually had betrayal, he had many other hardships in ministries. Come on. That was actually just a part of the course. Come and, on. And, 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 and for us, we can believe and know and take confidence in the fact that even as ministry is hard, trust that that is part of the course because mm-hmm. Christ is creating something in us that's more like him and mm-hmm. he's using our endurance in that suffering to show a unique, just to put on display the mm-hmm. unique um, multifaceted beauty of his, of his um, life, of his, of his mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. And so don't lose heart. That's what I want to mm-hmm. say ultimately. Don't lose heart if you're suffering in ministry and it's hard, mm-hmm. um, but that, in fact, we have this model from Paul that that is a part of it, yeah. the and, sake of the church. Yeah, and to know that, like, I think about our brother Frederick Douglass, uh, who was a believer, who said, without struggle, there is no progress. And yeah. so the ball is to be moved forward so that the gospel can be proclaimed, so mm-hmm. that those who are lost, can be pointed to Christ and come, Lord willing, into faith in Christ. And so yeah. somebody, somebody's got to struggle for us to see the problem. Do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's it. And that's it. So, yeah, so we see that we see that Paul does what he does so that we can join and rejoice in suffering. We can have this joining and rejoicing in our suffering. But what else can do we see from the text? Um, Leah, in verses 25 through 27. Yeah, so going on to verses 25 through 27, Paul is saying that um, he's been, so he's been made a minister of this gospel according to the stewardship from God. Mm -hmm. So his desire in this, the stewardship is for him to make the word of God fully known, this mystery hidden for ages Mm -hmm. and generations, but now revealed to his saints. So he's making the word of God fully known. And he's talking, Paul, actually this passage that we're in these Mm -hmm. several verses mentioned this word mystery, like three different times. Yeah. So what is the mystery that Paul is referring to? What What is is Paul says the mystery Mm. is Christ, right? Mm. Christ to all and Christ in you. 
Um, mm. And the mystery is the fact that Christ has actually come to be, to dwell in us. We're talking mm-hmm. about last week on the podcast, we talked about this tabernacling of Christ in the lives of those who put their faith in him. Mm-hmm. And so it's Christ in us and Christ to all. Because at this point, it was new news that Christ came not only for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles, right? Yeah. That not yeah. only came for the the um, the ritual and law-abiding mm-hmm. God's people, but also that faith in Christ was extended to anyone. And that, yeah. in fact, salvation comes through faith alone and not by anything else, not by any ritual, not by any ascribing to a law or a pattern of life, but by faith. Mm. we receive the promise of Christ. And so that was news at the time. Yeah, it was. Same, like, equal standing with God in in the merit of Christ was given both to Jew and to Gentile. Mm. So this is a a mystery. It's it's being made known. In making the word of God fully known, Paul is saying, like, this is is the time in which this, in, um, in in other passages and other letters that Paul has written, he calls it the fullness of time, the fullness yeah. of time yeah. um, when Christ came into the world. And praise God that we, even now in this season, are and the season of Advent, are Advent. celebrating this coming of the yes. fullness of time. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So, so, basically, you know, the mystery that was hidden for ages and generations is now revealed by God. And God revealed this mystery by sending Jesus. Word yes. in the flesh, born to the sea. He's, the he's here now. He's 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 dwelling. He's tabernacling. Mm-hmm. Christ is God, and in Christ, this wonderful plan that was the plan from the beginning of time, that the whole world can be redeemed to God mm-hmm. through faith in the Messiah. This plan is now being made known to everyone. So mm-hmm. that is, as he's talking about unpacking and, and revealing this mystery. It's it's a beautiful thing to wrap our minds around, and it's a beautiful thing to be able to be encouraged by. And yeah. Paul, in in sort of in step with this, is encouraging the church in in dwelling in and understanding um, this mystery that has now been revealed to the saints. And so he is encouraging the church, right? How else? What else does he, as we go forward, um, do we see him in this passage encouraging encouraging the church? In the second chapter of Colossians, he begins to articulate again what he had previously said towards the end in the earlier verses, verses 23, verse 24, like, I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you, for those at Laodicea. Like, he desires to see his brothers and sisters face to face um, Mm -hmm. so that everybody's heart can be encouraged and knowing that they're being knit it together in love through this, but there, he also is saying this that he wants them to be encouraged because the encouragement ultimately uh, will will provide this this fruit, um, as it says in verse uh, two, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. So as you struggle, as you join and rejoice in the suffering as you, um, as the word of God is being made fully known, then there becomes this assurance of understanding of the knowledge of this mystery, which is Christ. And in Mm -hmm. Christ, as these verses Mm -hmm. progress, in verse 3 is saying, hey, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. 
it actually sounds very familiar to what Mm -hmm. we actually um, talked about in the earlier podcast where it says in the beginning that what Paul was praying for them, that they would be filled with the knowledge of his will with all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that they would be able to walk worthy of the Lord fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work. So this language that Paul is articulating in this introduction, it's almost like he's just repeating it, like he wants them to really internalize mm-hmm. it so mm-hmm. that they can be encouraged to continue the, the, the missional call in their own personal lives. And then he also is articulating the reason why he's, he wants them to be encouraged as believers is because it is Christ that we are proclaiming, not ourselves, yeah. not ourselves, and teaching it with all wisdom. Well, how do we teach with all wisdom? It is knowing the big picture of God's word and how it fits together. So he's talking about this, his spirit, his word. His power is going to lead into um, the orthodoxy and the orthopraxy coming in together in one accord. And as, as that happens, what I sort of found very interesting is that there is this progression in these verses that Paul is saying, as the believer is committed towards the proclamation of Christ in their own personal lives, you're moving from this I to a them to a we. And it's almost like this, what it puts us in the mindset of is the the actual mission of the believer, which is to Mm -hmm. make disciples. Mm -hmm. The gospel Mm -hmm. mission to make disciples. And so we see in this last verse, he's saying, listen, um, my desire for you is that no one would be deluded by these plausible arguments, but literally that everyone would be able to be presented mature in Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would be presented mature in Christ. And so the goal for the believer is not conversion for us. In fact, it is the great commission to make disciples and not converts. Leah, mm-hmm. you you love this quote by Karen Ellis. Tell us tell us this quote about what she was saying. Yeah, so K.A. Ellis, Karen Ellis um, was talking about the Great Commission in which Jesus says to go and make disciples. Um, mm-hmm. And she said that this discipleship process is actually moving from foolishness to wisdom, from patterns of destruction to patterns of life. She says the discipleship process is actually moving from foolishness to wisdom, from Mm -hmm. patterns of destruction to patterns of life. And so, right, we're not called, Jesus doesn't call us to make converts. He calls us to be walking alongside of our brothers and sisters in making um, disciples, this Mm -hmm. moving, walking alongside as we help and continue to proclaim Christ, moving people from foolishness to wisdom, from these patterns of destruction to patterns of life in different areas of our lives, right? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, so when we see, like, when we're walking with someone and we see these patterns of destruction, we say, hey, look, you can take this path. Here is the gospel. Here is the, the full sort of wisdom and the counsel of God that we can proclaim as, as uh, this passage, as Colossians 28 says, Mm-hmm. Then we proclaim, warning mm-hmm. everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom. That's it. This is 
this is the mode. This is the mode of discipleship right here as we're warning and proclaiming. So the reason for making disciples is, in fact, to take someone from foolishness to wisdom in these different avenues of our, of our lives. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, Paul is, Paul is making this desire known that he, he wants this to be true, not only in the church that he is discipling, but in the whole church, God's church. Yeah, and in verse four, right. chapter two, he's making he's making um, known that his desire is that no one would be deluded. His desire yeah. is for this. He's as a as a disciple maker. His desire is that no one would be deluded with these plausible arguments. And I was like, wait mm-hmm. a minute, what mm-hmm. is deluded? What is deluded? And what is plausible arguments? And I found it so interesting that the word deluded is to be manipulated or deceived by with these plausible arguments, plausible being reasonable. So Paul Mm -hmm. wasn't saying like, hey, like, you know, it's almost like if you (laughs) see a cookie, you don't know that there's rat poison in there because it's dressed up like a cookie, okay? (laughs) You don't see it. It looks reasonable to eat it. But you don't. Mm-hmm. It, it, but when you get down to the to to the when you undress it and you begin to get to the core of it, it ain't the truth. Mm-hmm. It is not the truth, and the truth is Christ. Him we proclaim. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. it. The, the invisible God, the one who created the firstborn of all creation, going back to those previous verses of who Christ is, the supremacy of Christ, and He was saying that. Some of these arguments will seem reasonable to these people because they were yeah. coming they were coming out of this idolatrous worship and this practice of where right. uh, children were being used for self sacrifice i mean for sacrifices and 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 uh and women were seen as property, and the home was not uh seen uh in the context of how God designed and created it for for it to be to point uh the 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 to point to him as Christ and being a part of his family. And so he was like, some of this stuff will actually sound reasonable, but when you begin Uh to pull it back, it's not Uh the truth. And so you and I were talking about this the other day of what are some, some reasonable arguments that people will actually make to deceive us away from the truth of the, the realness and the true identity of who Christ is. Yeah. The, I mean, we, every day today in our, in our modern setting, we see these plausible arguments being propagated in the church. Maybe it's in exalting like one group over another. I mean, the whole structure and system of racism or preferential. Mm-hmm. Um, Lack of, of dignity. Mm-hmm. Lack, Lack of, of dignity. dignity. Mm-hmm. Right, all of that, or perhaps it's on the flip side of saying, you know, my people are the chosen people and nobody else is. I mean, I'll come, be, on, come on, we we have seen that in yes. these churches of color, you know. And so I think really just being careful because, like you said, it's him we proclaim. So if you take these reasonable arguments, these plausible arguments, and parse it all the way down, are is it proclaiming Christ at the center? Mm-hmm. Or is it proclaiming a people group, a a philosophy, a way to establish yourself, a way to justify yourself, or is it Christ proclaimed at the center? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Or even and, this, and 
I would even say another one, uh, Leah, is uh, a works-based driven faith, that mm-hmm. if you are not intentionally working hard to prove that Christ has paid it all, then you actually are literally are not saved. You're, if you're not yeah. running at yeah. the pace that, quote, unquote, has been identified, which is a form mm-hmm. of legalism or what, what mm-hmm. scripture would call asceticism. You know what I'm saying? That's, a, that's mm-hmm. another one. It seems reasonable because you're working out your faith with fear and trembling. But next thing you know, like <laughs> you're working it out to yeah. the point of like, where you actually think that you can in it rather than it, in Christ. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's absolutely yeah. correct. Yeah. And or not, can I, can I add to that of like, there are on, places where we will feel like we need to add um, our gifts, our spiritual gifts Ooh. to that as well. Come on. Display, Come on now. Display a certain spiritual gift to prove that you are in Christ. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm talking now. <laughs> I already know what you're talking about. Okay. 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 <laughs> for real. That's for real. Yeah. That's for real. Versus understanding yeah. it holistically in the context of scripture or naming yeah. and claiming your victory in all situations and circumstances. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. your relational status being based on how much you know about God versus knowing him. How yeah. about that? How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How much can you mm-hmm. intellectualize every theological term in your mm-hmm. conversation, but oh, you can't yeah. bring it down into your everyday life? When when you say, tell me what the Lord is is teaching you or revealing to you, or how is he making you more like him, you can't even yes. bring your orthopraxy to life because you just, mm. and you don't even understand, honey, he, he out here sanctifying you every day. Every day. You better stop before you make some people mad out there. (laughs) No, it is so, it is, I mean, like, we kind of, like, are hype and and laughing, but the conviction level is so real. It's so real. It's so real. It's like this head. It is so real. Yeah, and it's like this head or heart versus what God is saying, that it's the head and the heart. It's the head, the heart, and the actions. It's all of it. It's all of it Mm -hmm. together. And all of it points to Christ because when Christ is Lord of your life and you're joining in with him, going back to the first point, and you're making him fully known, making making him the centrality of everything you say and you do, my God, it it, Mm -hmm. it, is consuming. It's consuming to the point, like for me, I'm just going to bring it down to to my, my everyday life and being in a community where intellectualism and the injustice of um, equity around education is a super triggered, charged term. And it's like, man, yes, equity matters. Everybody getting what they need matters. But you can't give people what they need unless you know that you can't provide what is needed. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. is a, it points right back to Christ. Christ came to fulfill every need, every need. Yeah. Are we yeah. looking to Christ? Are we proclamating Christ? Are we seeing Christ? Are we turning to Christ? Are we seeking Christ? Like before we try to before we try to fix something, have we sought the face of Christ? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. why Paul went back to saying, "Listen, here's what my prayer is for you." 
Yeah. So it's all of that. It's the head, the heart, all it's knowing Christ. Yeah. It's knowing Christ. And so as urban Christian women, our energy should be spent and it's well spent in being a disciple and making disciples. Yeah. Discipling mm-hmm. in your relationship, in your family, in your singleness, with your kids, with that young, uh, that young girl or that teen girl that you are eyeing and you see and she's coming up to you and she's intrigued by you and she's intrigued by how you're modeling Jesus because she's hungry to know God. It's not just that she's hungry to know you. She's seeing Christ being reflected yeah. in you. Yeah. She's seeing Christ's uh, eminence. She's seeing Christ's image uh, being reflected through you, which is what Christ does. That's what happens mm-hmm. when we make mm-hmm. him fully known and we join with him. Are we, mm-hmm. are we committed towards making disciples and being a disciple or even our neighbor that's curious or that sister who is new in the faith, are we slowing down enough to say, Lord, I am literally partnering and joining in with you in yeah. your work to proclaim you through encouraging the church, pointing people to you, okay, and slowing down yeah. that I can make a disciple who can follow you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's your missional assignment? What's your missional assignment, Urban Christian Woman, on this podcast today? On this podcast. Yeah, we got to take all of this and and eventually set our feet on the path in front of us. And so that is the question that we want to leave you guys with. Like, what is your missional assignment? Where Mm -hmm. does the Lord have you today where you are going to strive and struggle? You are going Mm -hmm. to embrace these sufferings in the flesh. You are going to proclaim the mystery of Christ. You are going to work to teach everyone with all wisdom to present um, our brothers and sisters as mature in Christ. Like, where is that for you? And that place where all those things intersect, come on now. That's your missional assignment. And in case you might feel overwhelmed by sort of the weight of the prospect of yes. that, lest you feel like you have to carry that out on your own, Come on, let's Leah. find it back to what Paul says. Come He's on, saying, Leah. for this I toil and struggle with what? With my own strength? No, mm. with all his energy, Who's which energy? powerfully works, with mm. right energy, mm. which powerfully works within me. So, you, it's it's not it's not your own load to bear. Paul oh. says this plain and clear. He toils and struggles with the energy of Christ. So you have to know we have we have to know Christ for ourselves. We have to intimately be connected with Him in prayer and in worship, in mm-hmm. dependence on Him, in walking in obedience to His Word. And the, and if we are doing that, then out of that place. His energy fuels your disciple-making. Mm. His energy fuels your feet on the path of your missional assignment. And mm. lest we stray from that and become exhausted and burnt out, like let's wind it back to that truth, that it is out of his energy that we toil and struggle, and his energy works powerfully within us because Christ has tabernacled in us. Ooh. And so that, my friends... That's where we are energized. That's where I mean, we I'm are. I am We're literally energized. energized right now. Literally before, and I'm going to, listen, y'all, y'all know us by now. I mean, I don't even know what episode we on or whatever, but this is what I do, do know, is that every time I talk about Christ, and if I 
it, it, when I begin to process his truth through his word and then his presence is tabernacling in me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he wants to and he wants to proclaim himself through me, man, that literally does fuel it fuels me. I was I yeah. was I tired and I've been drinking coffee while while talking on this podcast <laughs> and it was doing nothing. But this is what I'm talking about is that I literally I literally started thinking on Christ, talking about yeah. Christ, was yeah. reminded of Christ and was seeking Christ as we came into this place. And in the midst of that, I am now fueled by Christ mm-hmm. on this mm-hmm. afternoon. That he is he is worthy of this. This is worthy of, of toil and struggle because mm-hmm. Christ's energy is fueling me. And it's not it, it's not this self-made power. It's the Self-made power will mess you up every time. But when you seek the one yes. in which all things were created and yes. made and the one who holds all things, listen, you, honey, all power is in him, honey. Mm-hmm. All power. All power. So here's three application questions for you to take away today. We've been to, three for you to just really internalize and meditate on. If you got some paper, write it down. If not, come back to the last few minutes of the podcast. Fast forward it. 15 seconds, and you'll find the question. Here they are. Number one, does your personal theology say suffering is a part of life in Christ or because you did something wrong? Mm -hmm. Number two, are you seeking to know Christ for yourself or have you been sufficient with secondhand knowledge? And then number three, are you asking God to enable you to make disciples, to proclaim Christ, Lynn, ladies, living faithfully as an urban Christian woman is a commitment to proclaim Christ in your everyday life. So we're going to close out, Leah, close us out today, and we're going to pray that the Lord would help us to be faithful to this commitment of proclamating him. Mm-hmm. Mm. Father, we are so glad Woo! that you in, came in flesh to energize mm-hmm. us by tabernacling us Woo! with your spirit. Hallelujah. We are glad that the mission and the work of Christ was made complete. And in doing so, you commissioned your church to carry it out to the next level to the future days, to the ends of the earth. How yes, good Lord. of a God you are yes, you for are. all of that work. And so we are thankful, Lord. Raise our hearts and our minds to clearly know what it looks like to walk in the mission of God yes, for the Lord. sake of the church. Yes, Help Lord. us humble our hearts to know that we can't do it in our own strength, but yes, we Lord. can do it when we toil and struggle with your power working mm-hmm. in us. Mm-hmm. And so convict us of the places where we are maybe are uh, slow to move in obedience, where we are maybe even lazy, God. I know that for myself. Yes, there are ways Lord. Where I just crave my own comfort rather than That's stepping it. down in obedience. Yes, Lord. Convict yes, Lord. us and then set us by the power of your spirit on a path that leads to life, on a path that leads to disciple making, on a path that leads to your glory being known in our neighborhoods, in our families, on our campuses. Let it be, God, because you are good and your message is meant for everyone. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that truth. And we exalt you. We lift you up. We glorify you. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Have a blessed day, ladies.